Welcome, class, to our first podcast on the Industrial Revolution. Now, this uh, series is going to be broken up into six different parts, and this specific section is going to be dedicated to the beginnings of the Industrial Revolution, where it started, why it started, and um, we'll also talk about some of the inventions that uh, come about during this time. The other sections to this uh, series of Industrial Revolution uh, we'll talk about uh, changes that happen because of the Industrial Revolution. We'll talk also a little bit about imperialism. Um, we'll talk about uh, things that happen abroad and uh, socially, again, back at home. So let's start off by talking about the beginnings of the Industrial Revolution. And uh, when historians tend to take a look at where and why this revolution began, um, they really see Europe as the starting point, and more specifically, they see Great Britain as the starting point. Um, and they, they take a look at a couple of reasons why that happens. First of all, Great Britain gro goes through um, tremendous agricultural change uh, with the years, or in the years rather, leading up to the Industrial Revolution. Um, probably the most significant change they go through is uh, what they call the enclosure system, which essentially is when uh, the, the British and the countryside, the farmers, they section off their land so they know who owns what piece of land and they can grow more crops on that land. And you might say that that's a little odd because farmers do that today. We know um, that you know a farmer's land, it's sectioned off, it has uh, fences and such on it, but that wasn't the case in Britain before this. Um, the land was just out there and farmers would, would quarrel over what piece of land was theirs and it led to less crop production but with the enclosure system happening it leads to better crop production and certainly more crop production going along with that and changes in agriculture that happened during the time we also see the British uh, beginning to use uh, more technology in their agriculture um, and these pieces of technology would be seen as a precursor to industrial uh, technology things that happen afterwards but some of the beginning ones, some of the early ones, we see uh, the seed drill as uh, being very important by Jethro Tull, allowing farmers to produce more crops. Now, the crops that they're producing in England uh, tend to be um, food crops. We're not talking about cotton or anything like that. They actually get their cotton from uh, places outside of England because it doesn't grow very well there. But um, with, the, with the crops that they grow, the, the better food crops, um, and the more food that they're growing for the people, uh, certainly we see that leading to um, population growth. Um, people live longer lives, people live healthier lives, and with population growth and a surplus of food, we also see uh, more special specialization of labor occurring. Um, one other significant uh, change to agriculture that the British introduced at this time is this thing called crop rotation, where they plant uh, crops in three different fields rather than the two-field system of medieval times. Um, and also with uh, the, the field that they're not planting on, rather than leaving it uh, sit during the winter time and hopefully it regains its nutrients, they actually plant crops that will automatically allow it to regain nutrients. Um, some of these crops people can eat, some of these uh, crops people cannot eat. Um, in Europe, or rather in Britain, um, the the crop rotation kind of went like this. They grow wheat, then they grow some turnips, which allow for uh, some uh, nutrients to go back into the soil. Then they would grow barley, and then they would grow clover. Now, clover, obviously, they can't eat, but 
if they let that sit in the field for a while, they can grow the other crops much, much faster and uh, with much more um, productivity going on. All right. Um, so we see more people moving to cities with, with better crops. Um, living conditions begin to improve initially at home. Cities begin to grow. This urbanization occurs. Um, so certainly we see that the Industrial Revolution has a deep, deep background in uh, agricultural changes that Britain goes through. Now Britain also has some other benefits to it, some other uh, things that allow for the Industrial Revolution to happen there. And number one, they have uh, a large population of workers and they also have extensive natural resources. And when we say natural resources, we really talk about uh, the water power that they have. They also have a lot of coal mines, um, which prior to, um, I would say about 1500, the British really had no idea or no use for coal, but with new technologies and a new need for coal, they understand and they begin to see that they really have a lot of that. Um, they also have a lot of iron ore, um, which they're able to build machines, they're able to build tools. The water power that they have um, is in the form of rivers, and uh, if you guys have ever seen like a water wheel and a mill, you know that the water spins uh, the wheel, which grinds flour or whatever you know the case is. But they also use the rivers in England for transportation, which allows for um, goods and people to be transported uh, faster and easier across um, the English countryside. And that's going to take a huge leap forward when we start talking about the steam engine, which gets put into boats, which allows for the British to um, really begin to dominate uh, sea travel um, and also in their rivers. Um, now we also know that Great Britain is an island and because of that they have numerous harbors um, for merchants to ship goods to and from um, which allows them easy access to uh, the colonies that they have as well as to getting and, and receiving goods from other people. Um, in addition to that, Britain also has um, a very expanding economy which really supports industry. If we remember talking about Adam Smith, uh, the, the father of capitalism, he's an Englishman, actually he's a Scotsman, but um, you know, definitely part of Great Britain. And he <coughs> develops this idea of capitalism which uh, the British, they really uh, latch onto. And that certainly helps their, their industry grow. Um, when talking about the beginnings of in industrialization, we also really need to talk about uh, the factors of production, which um, are deeply rooted in capitalism, and it also has uh, huge implications on the Industrial Revolu Revolution, which is also why Britain is able to uh, kind of dominate the beginning of industrialization. All right, the first factor of production is land, which even though Britain is an island, they do have quite a bit of. If you think about the colonies that Britain has, um, and we're talking pre-American Revolution, so they certainly own the 13 colonies. Britain also controls India, um, and also some places in Africa. Uh, the second factor of production is labor, which um, is people who can do work for you. And Britain, with their increased agricultural production, they certainly have um, enough uh, people to do work so their labor uh, is is intensified at this time and the last factor of production the third one is called capital and when we talk about capital we're talking about um, investment money that people have to start up um, 
and also we're talking about the the natural resources that um, a country might have to allow them to start up. So Britain has all three of those things. They have land um, at home and abroad in the colonies. They have labor. They have enough people to work um, in factories once they get built. And they also have a lot of capital, which is startup money or startup goods that allow uh, the British to really uh, have a stronghold on the Industrial Revolution. All right. Um, <clears throat> because the Industrial Revolution uh, changes the way people produce things, it really starts out with uh, a change in the way people produce textiles. When we talk about textiles, we're talking about cloth, um, things like that that get manufactured. The previous style for manufacturing textiles in England and for the rest of the world was um, women would spin uh, yarn at home um, and then they would weave that into clothes and you can probably imagine that that's very labor-intensive. It's very long work to do, and uh, the, the British, once they begin to add some technology to their, their textile industry, it displaces the women from having to work at home, which causes some social problems later on, but we'll get to that in another series. Um, the, uh, the first piece of textile technology that really begins to change the way people produce things is this thing called the spinning jenny which um, allows for more cloth to be produced um, in a quicker more efficient time um, it's has less manpower needed than a regular spinning wheel would that women would spin at home but still it requires some amount of manpower but it certainly um, allows for more textiles to be produced the second piece of technology that helps the textile industry is this thing called the water frame. And the water frame um, is very much like the spinning jenny, and it's very much like the third one we're going to talk about in just a second. But the water frame allows for less manpower to be used uh, with textile production. So you need less workers, um, you need less space, and you certainly need less power to do that work. Uh, the third invention for textile industry is this thing called the spinning mule which really is an addition of the water frame and the spinning jenny all put together, something that allows um, for both of those pieces of technology to work hand in hand with each other. And we typically see uh, a spinning mule or a water frame or even a spinning jenny located um, along rivers with uh, a water wheel outside and they use that water to power. Now water is also going to power other industrial revolution um, technologies but in a different kind of way. Um, the way that water is going to change uh, the way that they power um, pieces of technology is in the form of steam. Okay, uh, The steam engine is a fairly, fairly new invention to the British. Um, James Watt develops it um, when he's uh, studying physics. And he observes that steam coming out of a, a tea kettle, if you put a spoon over it, it has a tremendous force. And the... Uh, that power is harnessed and he puts it into an engine much like you would see in an engine in a car today except that runs on combustion but with pistons and uh, moving up and down with with steam power which pump or move something else and the very early um, use for a steam engine would be to pump water out of coal mines which would allow for uh, miners to get in there and uh, get more coal obviously and do more work which they previously could not do if the if the mine was flooded. Um, but the steam engine then gets put into other pieces of technology. It gets put onto a boat, 
Um, the steamboat completely revolutionizes the way people travel because no longer do you have to use manpower or animal power um, to go upstream. You can now just use uh, simple steel, or I'm sorry, steam to move upstream. Uh, it also allows for uh, greater overseas expansion. Um, the second place that the steam engine gets put into is into uh, locomotives, all right, or uh, trains. What will develop into trains and um, the steam engine put into a locomotive allows for land transportation in which you don't need uh, a river, you don't need an ocean, um, you don't need roads, you just build railroad tracks um, that crisscross eventually all over the English countryside and allow for um, greater, greater travel. Now railroads and the steamboat, they're also going to allow for greater European dominance when imperialism happens as a result of the Industrial Revolution, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, the, uh, the Industrial Revolution certainly has a uh, very strong beginning uh, in Britain. It eventually will spread to other parts of the world. The United States gets it um, by way of espionage. Uh, a spy actually steals the plans for a factory and takes them uh, to the United States. Uh, the Industrial Revolution then spreads to um, continental Europe. Uh, it goes to Belgium first and then eventually to Germany. Now, Great Britain, Germany, and the United States, they take uh, industrialization and they, uh, they really become the, the powerful, the dominant forces during this time period. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. All right. Thank you.